the participation of over 120,000 people in the candlelight vigil last Saturday have touchingly impressed the whole world. After such a long period of 27 years, the people have refused to forget. They are still upholding the truth against the powerful. They speak for the conscience of the whole nation and voice out for those whose voices have been silenced. For over 100 years, Hong Kong has always played this unique historic role of preserving the truth. When such truth has been distorted and repressed in the mainland, it also continues to breed, nurture, and foster the ideas and values of freedom and democracy. I do believe that until the day when the whole of China is free and democratic, Hong Kong will continue to play this role. In this spirit, Hong Kong people will certainly not give up the fight and struggle for full democracy in Hong Kong. The setback in the democracy movement since the National People's Congress Standing Committee A31 decision will not stifle the willpower of the Hong Kong people. Their fighting spirit, as manifested in the Ambera movement, will be sustained in different forms in the times to come until full, genuine universal suffrage is realized. Whilst the will of the matured generations of democracy supporters are not bent by the failure to achieve universal suffrage to elect the chief executive in 2017, the younger generation are getting impatient and feeling hopeless with the struggle for democracy in the way it has been sustained for the last two decades. The rebellious young Turks now propose to change both the goal and the strategy of the movement. First, many young people tend to think that to engage the struggle in a peaceful, rational and non-violent manner will no longer work. They rather support resisting police violence with violent action of bravery. Secondly, there is also voices openly calling for separation of Hong Kong from China by way of seeking independence through a process of self-determination. Whilst there are quick condemnation of the above efficacies, the Hong Kong government apparently has no measure to cope with the situation. There is obviously immense pressure from Beijing on the Hong Kong government to restrain any public advocacy for independence. The Secretary for Justice, however, can find no ground to take legal action when the advocates are simply expressing an opinion without causing any public disorder or inciting violence. The central government, whilst desisting the growing sentiment among the young people for separation from the mainland, they should understand more of their thinking and sentiment instead of simply taking action to silence such voices. The young people are still not fully recovered from the backlash caused by the Embera movement, and they strongly feel that the mainland authority has been pursuing an agenda of oppressive policies against Hong Kong people, with a view to exerting ultimate control over Hong Kong. They are frustrated as being deprived, both politically, economically and socially, as a result of such oppressive policies. And they feel powerless in fighting against such a formidable power. They think 
that only by seeking separation or independence from China can Hong Kong people truly enjoy their freedom and realize democracy. The call for independence and all separation for the young people are further echoed by their desire to look for a new Hong Kong identity, distinctly separate from being a Chinese national. Along this line of thinking, these young separatists or localists are also laying blame against the Hong Kong alliance in calling for vindication of June 4th and the building of a democratic China. And they also criticized the pan-democrats for striving for genuine universal suffrage under one country, two systems. They think that such objectives are in fact giving recognition to the legitimacy of the communist China, which they wish to alienate entirely. The young separatist or radical localist will be actively participating in the September election, and it is inevitable that their electoral advocacy for independence will divide the pan-democracy camp and break the united front to call for democracy. Facing such internal tension, the pan-democrats should stand firm on their principles and promote an atmosphere of tolerant solidarity and unity with diversity based on mutual respect and genuine pluralism. While the pan-democrats should not avoid and heated debate with the radical localist on the question of using violence against violence and the feasibility of pursuing independence. There is an obligation on our part, political as well as moral, to protect the freedom of speech of everyone with whom we may strongly disagree. On the other hand, we should not lose sight of the fact that it is indeed the divisive policy and strategy of the Chief Executive Mr. C.Y. Leung that is causing the rise of separatist sentiment of the young people. The deliberate move of Mr. C.Y. Leung in singling out an article published in The Undergrad, an official newspaper of the Hong Kong University Students' Union, and attacking his efficacy for independence is vicious and deliberate. Such a move had made that article previously not read by many immediately become a well-known and popular literature among the young people. Those who are frustrated with the status quo and looking for a breakthrough are quick to seize this provocative attack against the university students by Mr. C.Y. Leung as an opportunity for them to mount a major counter-attack against both the SAR and the central government. Moreover, divisive and manipulative politics have long been used by C.Y. Leung to provoke antagonism and resentment between rival groups in the community, including particularly the young people. His arrogant decision of appointing Arthur Lee as the chairman of the board of the Hong Kong U against the overwhelming opposition of the Hong Kong U staff, students and alumni is only one of the many examples of his manipulative politics. The local communist faction, supporting C.Y. Leung, may be delighted to observe the escalating tension between the pan-democrats and the radical localists, from which they may exploit for election benefit. It is indeed extremely short-sighted for the central government to allow the situation to deteriorate with the deepening of social conflicts and mutual hatred. 
Although independence of Hong Kong is not a politically feasible option, the further rise of the pro-independence or separatist sentiment among the young people will not only fragment the pro-democracy camp, it will also make Hong Kong politics more confrontational and Hong Kong more difficult to govern. In the recent meeting between Mr. Zhang Dejiang, the chairman of the National People's Congress, and four leaders representing different opposition parties in the pan-democracy camp, a strong demand was conveyed to the central government that it is imperative for Hong Kong to have another leader to replace Mr. C.Y. Leung as the chief executive, and that the best way forward is to also to remove the National People's Congress Standing Committee Decision A31, thereby enabling the new chief executive to be elected by genuine universal suffrage. This demands undoubtedly reflect the common aspirations of the general public of Hong Kong. I hope the Beijing leaders will know that the demands represent how we, together with the younger generation, will expect how Hong Kong should move forward in maintaining peace, stability and prosperity.